I honor my body by hearing when she speaks. I love her by listening. You know, the listening is the part where it's like, even if it's something as simple as hunger, like if it's something is like rest, you know, oh, I'm feeling really tired, but that load of laundry needs to be folded still. Mama, yeah. sit down and put your feet up for five minutes. Just honor your body. Hello, love, and welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden, a professionally certified spiritual life coach, business mentor, published author, speaker, and intuitive guide. Cup of Chels is the place of zero judgment, where all thoughts, opinions, and points of views are not only welcomed, but honored. It's what I like to call big love. It's the place to get the guidance of a mentor, to soak up the wisdom of a sage and receive the encouraging and nurturing energy of a soul sister who isn't afraid to deliver healthy doses of tough love. With thought-provoking conversations and questions that are going to expand your perspective, you will leave each episode knowing yourself better than when you pressed play. It's time to activate your big love energy, unlock your authenticity, and let your curiosity lead. Taking what resonates and leaving the rest. Now let's get into it. Hello, hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Cup of Chels podcast. And I just want to pop in real quick before we start the show to let you know that this is your trigger warning. On this episode, I am joined by the beautiful Dakota May, and we are really talking about some traumatic events. We are talking about Western medicine, we are talking about holistic way of living and both her experience and my experience with these events all to bring you such beautiful insight in how you can create embodied and empowered autonomy with yourself so that you can truly have the best healing experience ever. And I know that you're going to glean so much wisdom and so much insight into your own healing, into your own way of living from this conversation. So as always, if you need any support or have any questions, you can always reach me. The best place to do that is in the DMs over on Instagram at the Chelsea Holden. And without further ado, let's get into today's show. All right. Welcome back to the Cup of Chels podcast. I am so excited to bring a very special guest on today, Miss Dakota May. And Dakota and I actually met from our coaching certification, the Quantum Coaching Academy. And before I introduce her real quick, we were just having such a beautiful conversation after I was sharing about my MRI and my MRI experience and just how traumatic that was for me and how it like affected my nervous system and everything. And Dakota had such beautiful words of wisdom and such a powerful story. And I knew I had to get her on the show to share her magic and her medicine with each of you. So Dakota is a holistic embodiment mentor and coach working primarily with fellow moms and people living with chronic conditions. And her experience is her expertise as she has spent much of the last three years really expanding her education. Dakota's work is ever-changing because it is unique to each individual and really centers around getting into relationship with them and their unique systems and circumstances. 
This gives each person a better understanding of how their developing years have shaped them, creating awareness and really acknowledging their programming and traumas through somatic integration and subconscious clearing work. She believes knowing ourselves intimately from this holistic lens is essential for our self-leadership, allowing us to become naturally empowered through our embodied autonomy. So welcome so much to the show, Dakota. I'm so happy to have you on. It's such an honor. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So yeah, as as I mentioned, you know, I shared uh, about my experience with the MRI and just how I was not expecting it to have such a crazy effect on me. So for those of you that don't follow me on Instagram, I was having some lower back pain. And in order to really see what was going on, I went to our pain doctor and then he scheduled the MRI for me and I was all for it. I literally didn't know what to expect. It was the first time I've ever done it. My only understanding of it was when my husband had an MRI a few years back and he was just in so much pain that that was all he could really focus on for the MRI. So I was just expecting like, okay, I can lay on my back. It'll be fine. I'm not really claustrophobic. That was like the main question that they kept asking. And immediately when I laid down, to go into the machine, I could just feel my heart just start racing and my breath just start, you know, escalating. And to the point where I was just using my tools to regulate my own self with my breathing that before I went under, under as in like in the machine. And before we actually got started, the tech asked me if I was claustrophobic. I said, you know, just a little bit. She said, okay, do you want something to cover your eyes? So thankfully, she gave me that. And then after the first round, she checked in on me and she was like, are you okay? And I said, yes, I feel my heart coming out of my chest. I could feel myself going into a panic attack. And she's like, can you manage it? And I said, yes, I can. And also these check-ins are really helpful for me. It was my mind started playing tricks on me in there. Mm -hmm. And again, thankfully, I have such a vast array of tools that I can pull on. You know, I was calling in my guides. I was breathing heavy. But after everything, she did check in on me after each round. And after everything, she was basically like, you need to take drugs the next time. And I said, okay, well, I didn't really know. This was my first time. And, you know, I didn't have anybody to come get me. If I was sedated, like, what am I supposed to do? Had I known these things beforehand, it would have been a different experience. Also, Had I just been prepared how loud it was and all the vibrations, like I'm such a sensitive person. And I think the more I get into spirituality, the more I just open my awareness and energetic field all around, like I'm just prone to taking on more energy from the world around me and from other people. So I shared all this. And Dakota, you lovingly just popped into my DMs and was just such a comfort for me and such a breath of fresh air and something I didn't even know I needed. And you shared so beautifully and vulnerably your story. And I would just love for you to share that with the listeners now and why you felt called to even reach out in the first place. Yeah. Well, first of all, Thank you again for just sharing that story about your MRI experience, because it's difficult to talk about stuff like that sometimes, especially because not a lot of people understand. And that's one of the biggest problems, because 
they don't explain it. So you literally go in blind. And for those of us who are more sensitive in our energetics and our nervous systems, it can be like really distressing to our bodies and our systems. And it's just, it's such a lack that our medical system is not preparing people like that for it. And that's really why I think I felt so called to comment on it and to just kind of reach out and extend a little bit of support because I have had years of that, many, many years of that. So my story is very long. (laughs) It's very complicated. And honestly, it can get a little bit overwhelming uh, to tell and to, to receive, I think, because it is full of a lot of medical trauma. And a lot of my experience that has brought me here today is it still hurts, you know, like yeah. doesn't matter how much trauma healing work I've been doing it. It still hurts. And it hurts every single time that I hear somebody else has that experience because I mean, you know, this, I know this trauma lives in our bodies mm-hmm. and any type of this experience without the proper integration tools and the proper tools to clear it from our bodies, it just sort of continues to add on. And, and this is, this is what's furthering so much chronic illness and chronic pain in people. And so my journey really started, surprised, with a traumatic event. I had my heart broken in college in a way that my system was not at all prepared to work through. There was no working through it. It was, it was all suppression. And not long after that, I started having problems with my gut. And I always had issues with my stomach growing up, like, you know, here and there, like I got diagnosed with random things like gastritis and like ulcers and stuff like that. But I just, I couldn't seem to digest anything. It was like my body just like didn't want me to eat food. Mm -hmm. And every single time I ate, I got sick and I started losing weight pretty aggressively. I was like a healthy 130, which is good for my height, 5'5". And I started dropping to, I got under 100 pounds. Nobody knew why. And at the time I was living in New York City, that's where I was going to college. And, you know, I was playing with my diet. I was trying to like find just like what would feel okay, you know, like what can I eat that's not gonna make my stomach swell up and make me look pregnant and also feel like I just swallowed poison. But I was only going to my doctors when I was home on breaks and I wasn't really I wasn't really paying attention to the blaring trauma that I had gone through and completely suppressed and ignored. And Shortly after that, I took a trip to Europe and came down with the shingles on my way home for the very first time. (laughs) And I was really surprised because one, I thought shingles was like an old person, an old person virus. (laughs) That's always how you saw it marketed, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. always old people in the, so I thought it was an old person virus and uh, it knocked me on my ass. I couldn't go to class. At this time I had transferred to Long Island. So I was living on like a seven mile wide state. So in the wintertime, it was, and I couldn't go to class and it just didn't seem to like, like I was treated for it. I took the medication, but the pain continued. Like I, I wasn't showing all the symptoms of the virus anymore, but suddenly I was just riddled with like full body pain all the time. And I just couldn't really recover from it. I couldn't continue with classes. I ended up having to take a medical leave, which was devastating to me because I worked my ass off to get out of the town that I grew up in. And yet another trauma that I was too unaware to realize how extensive that was going to be for my system to to go through that sort of trauma. Um, And I got home and I just kind of started going to the doctors all the time. And 
they were sending me to every single specialist that you could possibly imagine because I was having whole body widespread symptoms that were coming with no apparent cause. And after quite a while of being tested and poked and prod and put through, you know, whatever tests any specialist saw fit. I mean, I had, I had at least six specialists on my care team at that time and they became really hard to keep track of. And they started diagnosing me with all kinds of different autoimmune disorders, just throwing them at me like confetti. (laughs) Here you go, left and right. And they just kept telling me, your body is attacking itself. Your cells are attacking your body. And it never really sat right with me, but the more I heard it, the more I felt it. And, Mm -hmm. and somewhere in the mix, I became like in battle with my body. I felt betrayed by it. And I acted like I was betrayed. (laughs) I treated it as such. And I went through a really dark period of time where I was sick constantly. And when I wasn't sick, I was partying because I was punishing my body for being sick. And that was like most of my twenties, unfortunately, I, I've started calling it the unraveling because it's Mm. really where I, it's really where I, I became separate from, from the person that I knew myself to be. And chronic illness has a way of doing that to you. If you, if you aren't aware of it, you know, you become one with the system and you know, every test, every surgery, every time you have to take off your jewelry for something or, you know, pull something away from you that, that you felt like helped make you, you, it pulls at your autonomy. And I got stripped bare, totally bare until I really didn't know much about myself, but I, I was starting to have when I went, when I would be sick, which was all the time, I was starting to have these like moments of like being like, you are meant to be a mom. <laughs> Eventually one day with that whisper in my ear, I, I was laying there in bed rest. I think I had pneumonia. It was probably pneumonia. It could have been bronchitis. Honestly, I had them both <laughs> pretty fluidly. And I was just laying there and I was like, I just had this moment of feeling like I don't feel alive. And it was like <laughs> running into a brick wall, like just took, took the wind right out of me to just acknowledge to myself, like, this does not feel like living. And that was the day that I decided to heal. Yeah, And that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And just so many points that you made about, you know, just, I think one, having a team and feeling like they're essentially throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to figure out mm. what's wrong with you. And then also telling you your body is attacking itself. So just the internalization of that common, you know, voice in your head over and over where you then just started to embody that on your own too. And the the unraveling, I love how you've coined that really sounds to me like it it brought you so to speak to a rock bottom and then getting those whispers that you're meant to be a mom and just really you know being being stripped from everything that you essentially had left of your identity and who you were to then find yourself at this point where okay it's time to heal 
So I'm curious when, when you knew at that point, like it's time to heal, what did that look like for you? What were the steps that you took in order to create that autonomy for yourself? It's really funny because the the first step that I really took was saying, I'm going to heal. Then that's it was so making powerful. a decision. Yeah, just making that decision. And I laugh because like I was so disconnected to my intuition at that time that like I had no idea that that's what was that was like, you know, nudging me that was it was sending me in that direction. But literally days after I said, I'm going to heal, I had somebody reach out to me in town, the naturopathic doctor in, in the town that I live in. And she asked me if I'd ever heard about Anthony Williams. He's known as the medical medium. He has several books about healing from chronic illness. And at that time, we were in the belief that I just had a million autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, never heard of him. But it's funny that you, you know, that you messaged me because I, I want to heal. And so she she and I kind of got together a couple times and talked about him. I ordered some of his books and I really just started with my diet and I started with cutting out to- toxic things in my life, really focusing on like material things first. Like what was I using in my personal care products that had harmful substances in them, like perfumes and fragrances and like what in my cleaning products were, were causing me more harm than good. And And then it kind of expanded to like the toxicity and the people that I was hanging out with. Mm. And that one was an interesting one to navigate because it's a whole different thing than removing bleach out of your cupboard. (laughs) And that it's so interesting because healing, deciding to heal, starting to take the steps to heal. It's like it, it just starts to unfold for you. You know, like the more steps you take into it, the more that it just sort of unfolds for you. And I was following those nudges that entire time because that was all I knew how to do. And I just educated myself along the way because, you know, following intuitive nudges is, is great, but like you also need to be informed. Right. So just like, you know, informing myself along the way, like, why am I making these dietary changes? What is it that my body is needing so much and starting to like bring that in. And then that's really when I started to like feel my body again, mm-hmm. when I started getting really clean in and what I was eating. And I already ate pretty well because I had such hard times with my digestive tract, but it just got even more intentional. And the more intentional I got with that, the easier it became for me to make other small decisions that led me forward. But I really, I don't know. I really just feel like it's, it all comes back to that, like connection with the body and the connection with the, um, your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And just to like, highlight what you shared too. It's like, number one, you made the decision. You said it out loud, like I'm going to heal. There's so much power in that alone. Just setting that one intention created this ripple effect, right? That then days later, this naturopath reaches out to you. And then you start taking those small steps to release all the toxins in your life, you know, starting with what you can control and then working up to the bigger things like the people And I'm sure just the habits in general too, overall. And that allowed you, what sounds like it allowed you the space and the capacity to actually hear your intuition. Even if at that point, you still didn't really know it was your intuition, just this voice, this pool, this knowing in you 
to then reconnect with your body. I'm so curious for, for people that are listening that maybe are feeling that sense of, I, I don't even know if I'm connected to my body or not, you know, cause I think that's a very real thing. Even for myself, there's times when, okay, I feel like I'm in my body. Definitely. If there's a pain, you know, pain there, it's easier to feel in my body, but I'm curious what you might share for people to implement or use as a way to connect to their body to, and to really know how that connection might look or feel or how they can sense it. Yeah. Well, first I just want to say that like, it's so normal to not know if you're connected to your body yeah. because we are literally conditioned to be disembodied as we mm. grow and interact and have experiences with the outside world and other people and stuff like that. And if it's not something that you're staying consciously aware of, like we all become disembodied, but it doesn't matter if it's because of chronic illness, because of trauma, or just because life, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it just, it just happens. And the first thing that I would say is to just like start noticing actual sensations in your body. You know, like you hear a hunger pain or you hear a hunger pain. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know many people who hear them, but, but you feel like a hunger pain, right? And you're just like, Oh, in a little bit, you know, like I'm on my computer, but like, what if you actually just stopped and was like, huh, my stomach just made a sensation. Do I need water or do I need sustenance mm. and do it? Yeah. That's the most important thing is I have this saying that I say to myself all the time. And it's, I honor my body by hearing when she speaks. Mm. I love her by listening. Oh, and that's the beautiful. listening is the action part. You know, the listening is the part where it's like, even if it's something as simple as hunger, like if it's something is like rest, you know, I'm feeling really tired, but that load of laundry needs to be folded still. Mama, yeah. sit down and put your feet up for five minutes. Just honor your body because the more you start to do that, the more your body feels safe to talk to you. Yeah. It's used to you ignoring it. So it's just not going to, it's not going to give you the right messages. It's not going to, you're just going to be like, oh, I don't like the way that feels and, and pretend that, you know. Yeah. You didn't feel it and just keep going with your day. Exactly. But, yeah. And then you keep yeah. that disconnection there or you even make that disconnection, you know, even deeper, right? Even more separated, essentially. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes that makes so much sense of really I I loved what you what you shared in your quote and also just when you start to notice that sensation, get up and go do something about it. You know, don't just like, oh. Okay. And then keep doing what you're doing. And it's, it sounds so simple and easy and like yeah. really gets yeah. to be. It does. It does get to be. Can you just allow yourself to do it though? You know, like if your kid was like, mom, I'm thirsty. You would be like, okay, let me get, let me grab your cup, you know, but you're like, oh, I'm thirsty, but my cup's not within like three centimeters reach of me. And I still have a baby on my hip or something like I'm still doing, I'm still on my phone posting something like whatever, get up and get a drink. <laughs> Yeah. Just get up and get a drink. Exactly. Exactly. Taking those little actions to build that trust and connection. And I love that you highlighted that too. Like we lose that trust with ourselves, right? Our body doesn't trust to communicate with us if we're not even fucking listening, listening yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah, totally. Our bodies are such intelligent organisms. They're just so smart and they're always talking to us. Just, yeah, we just got to listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
how has your life changed since you really started listening to your body and living by that saying of yours and like really developing such beautiful trust with her? Mm. It's literally changed in every single humanly way possible mm. and every spiritual way possible. I am, I am more connected and I understand myself better than I ever have in my entire life. Like, I know that I was a connected child because I, I can recall stories that my mom told me that were absolutely intuitive moments of like, you know, judgments of character and stuff like that, mm. that were, you know, lessons for me and how connected I was when I was a child. But I have experienced a lot of things in my body that I felt like weren't similar to other people's my whole life. And I had parental figures who were like, that's not real. Yeah, um, you're being dramatic, you know, and it, it conditioned me to kind of feel like I was a whiner if I if I listened to the sensations in my body because they were always talking to me and it was really uncomfortable most of the time because I didn't understand how to interpret it. Yeah. And I really do feel empowered in the way that I handle my health situation. I took a long time off from being around doctors when I decided to take the holistic route. I went off all of my medications. I, I even stopped seeing my doctors. Like it was like I was cutting them out too, like all the toxic people. And it was really like I was breaking up with the, the medical community for a long mm. time there. And now I need to see them. Like it's, it's imperative that we have a working relationship because there are certain things about my physical condition that I can't handle on my own that mm. do need to be upkept with medical scans and appointments. And I still have a lot of specialists and stuff like that. And it's gotten me to a point where like, I feel very empowered in my knowing about my body. I know what is happening in my body. I know because I can feel it. I know because I tune into it every single day, multiple times a day. And so when I go to a doctor's appointment and I have something new and different that I need to talk to them about that we haven't already established, even if and when they dismiss me because it's incredibly rare or uncommon, I still have that knowing that like that's true for me mm -hmm. and it feels safe and it feels empowering and I don't get rocked by not being believed anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's so huge. That is so huge because, you know, if I, if I can relate it to my story and just with the MRI experience, like seemingly a, a small, somewhat insignificant experience, you know, people get MRIs every single day, multiple times a day. I mean, there was someone in line before me and someone right in line after me too, that it just, for me to have the reaction that I did, like literally sobbing in tears walking to my car and then calling my husband in a panic, you know, it's just, it, it is a very scary and lonely feeling because, because I think that there is that disconnect with medicine, right? Like for, for someone who approaches life more holistically, when we do have to lean on our doctors for these types of procedures and, other medical conditions, you know, to, to feel like, but I know that this isn't, this isn't sitting well with me. Like there's something off here and I just need you to listen and take me fucking seriously. You know, it's like 
for you to be able to have that sense of empowerment, I think is so key and a goal we should all have, you know, for ourselves, right? And in that, it's almost how we can marry both the holistic approach with Western medicine as well, too, you know, and really being that advocate for ourselves because there's a time and place for for both of them and for all of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think when I first started off in my holistic journey, I really was like, it, I, I'm just doing holistic because mm-hmm. I was so traumatized from the medical community that I just didn't want them anywhere near me. Wow. And it didn't work in my favor to not have a relationship with them. So yeah, having that empowered self-leadership really, and just like being in your body and and knowing the truth of your unique organism yeah. and your unique systems that live within you, that really is key for for going through that journey and having that relationship where it actually feels like a relationship and not like, you know, a prison. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, man. I feel like I could talk to you forever about this and many other things. And yeah. I know our, our time is, is short here for the listeners too. I just want to, I want to wrap up with what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe dealing with something medically or traumatic, even where it hasn't maybe manifested yet in their body, but it's just a traumatic event because, you know, Picking back off your story and how that breakup essentially was this catalyst for this journey of yours. What advice would you give them to just be that empowered self-leader? Honestly, the very first thing that I would say is lean into some kind of support. Hmm. There has to be somebody in your life that you feel safe enough to at least share the experience with. In the very least, just speaking out the experience and why you feel the way that you do after having gone through it is so important because if you just immediately go to suppression, it's going to latch onto your body and it's going to do it quickly. I am a master suppressor and I know a lot of us are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we do it kind of unconsciously. So just like stay with yourself just stay with yourself long enough to get it out of you. Mm. Talk about it, scream about it, honor whatever is coming through because your body is literally always talking to you. If you're not crying, but you feel like you're, you're supposed to be crying, you feel like your body wants you to cry, cry. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to scream and you're like, I can't scream, that's inappropriate. Get in your car, drive down the road, turn on something loud and fucking scream. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I love that. No. And that's so beautiful too. And I just, I love that advice, like lean on support. There's support available to us in all ways, shapes and forms. Um, You know, you can, anybody listening that needs just an ear to drop whatever's on your heart to, like, you can always reach out to me in the DMs and Dakota, you know, for anybody that wants to connect with you, that wants to just send some love your way and say, thank you for sharing your story. Where can they connect with you? And I don't know if you have any openings for work, but if you do, you're more than welcome to share that as well. Yeah. So I actually am going to be opening my books again very, very soon. I I am working on bringing my business to the interwebs. So you can find me on Instagram. 
Uh, my main page is at Dakota May, M-A-E, with two underscores. And I just started another page called Essentially Holistic with a W. So W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. And yeah, I'm really excited to start playing with the spaces. So yeah, find me there. And I will let everybody know when my books are officially open. Sweet, beautiful. And we will have all of that linked in the show notes as well for everybody. So uh, I just want to say thank you so much, you know, and just intuitively having taken your advice in the beginning of just leaning on that support and sharing my story is what connected us and how we're able to bring this beautiful conversation to others. So just thank you so much for your time, Dakota, for your wisdom, your love, your heart, your energy. It is so needed in the world and we're so grateful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an honor. I love your face. (laughs) Uh, I love your face. All right, my friend, we totally did it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with me and listen in on today's show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review so you don't miss out on any of the magic and any of the goodness that I am bringing your way. If you know that this episode is going to be a great listen for somebody, then don't keep me a secret and be sure to share. Also, I love to celebrate with you in real time. So tag me at the Chelsea Holden on Instagram and Facebook and let me know you're listening in. Until next time, I'm sending you so much big, big love. Adios.